Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Morning, church. So if you're visiting or you haven't been able to hear the last few weeks, then please go online and listen to the podcast because it's all part of a series. And if Mark said to me, you can preach on whatever you like, I'd always choose the kingdom of God. It's just my favourite subject. And we could preach on this for a whole year and only just touch the edges of it. There's so much to the kingdom of God. But I'm hoping this morning as I follow on from the other guys, we can just bring something to you which is helpful, which will help you in your life, which will help you to understand and piece together some of the things that you already know but perhaps don't know how they fit together. And so we're just going to look at the scripture in Matthew um, No, we're not. We don't want to look at them anymore. (laughs) So what we're going to talk about this morning is why are the keys to the kingdom significant? Why are the keys to the kingdom significant? So we're going to look in Matthew. And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said to the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he said? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, sorry, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, not build my church on Peter, Build my church on the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. So he's not building his church on Peter, but he's saying, I'm telling you this, Peter, on this truth, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he charged the disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus Christ. This is an incredible scripture that if we really understood it and we were really able to apply it to our lives would bring freedom and liberty and take us out of those things that hold us captive. I want to give you an overview this morning of what those keys are, but in particular, look at one thing. In the previous weeks, what we've said is that the purpose of Jesus coming was not to set up a religion. Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. He came to set up a kingdom. You know, so many people say to me, are you religious? And I want to say, no, I'm not religious. Because so much of religion is man-made. And if you look back through history and you look at all the religions of the world, they would have always been started by somebody. Somebody said they had a revelation from God or somebody said they had a vision from God and they set up this or set up that. I don't know whether any of you saw, there was a programme last week on Scientology and I just happened to look at it um, because I'm interested and I want to understand things. And one of the things they said, which I thought was quite fascinating, they said, if you want to make money, set up a religion. And that's really, fundamentally, some of what Scientology is about, money. 
And um, <clears throat> Jesus did not come to set up a religion. He came to establish a kingdom. And those of us who've been around church for many years need to start doing some undoing in our thinking. What is kingdom? What is religion? And we need to undo. I mean, I've been in this church, as you know, for 40 years. And I can think of people who have left the church because we didn't choose the colour chairs they liked or we didn't paint the walls the colour they liked or we had a debate, I can remember many years ago, on whether we should pass the offering basket up and down or whether we should have a box fixed on the wall. And some people left over that. That is religion. (laughs) That is religion. God doesn't care what colour chairs we sit on. He doesn't care whether we stand up or sit down. He likes it when we kneel or lie down in front of him. But, you know, this is religion. And I can remember many, many years ago, there was a debate in the Anglican church about what would you do if a fly fell in the communion cup? Is the fly consecrated or is the wine desecrated? I mean, for goodness sake, just throw it away and get some more. This is religion. This is religion that binds up, binds us up. Jesus did not come to set up a religion. He came to set up a kingdom, a kingdom that would change us and that would change the world. So what are the keys of the kingdom and why are they significant to us? The keys of the kingdom are the principles, precepts, laws and systems by which the kingdom functions. Now, if you're a foreigner and you come to live in this country, or if you go and live in another country, you have to learn how the country functions. Their kingdom, you have to learn, especially if you go in the Middle East. If you don't know how their kingdom functions, you'll probably end up in jail. If you want to live in somebody's kingdom, the United Kingdom, you have to know the laws, the precepts, the principles, the culture, how we function and what we do. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble. And the same is so with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has precepts, principles, laws and systems that we need to operate in if we're going to function uh, in the kingdom. The thing is, we have to learn what they are and then we have to apply them into our lives. So what is a key for? A key is to lock and to unlock. That's what a key does. In verse 19, Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That word bind means to forbid. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you loose, which means to permit or allow, will be permitted in heaven. But those words that says um, will be... um, means already has been. So if you look at it in the Amplified, which gives us a great description, it says, I will give you the keys. Keys are authority. I will give you authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid, whatever you bind, whatever you forbid or declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been forbidden in heaven. And whatever you loose or permit or declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven and if you look at just that last bit in the amplif- in the uh, message it says a yes on earth is a yes in heaven a no on earth is a no in heaven what is that saying to us if we want to 
unlock on earth what is already unlocked in heaven. And if we want to lock up on earth what is already locked up in heaven, we better know about heaven. Because what Jesus came to do was to replicate heaven on earth. Not set up a religion. He came to replicate what is in heaven on earth. And therefore we need to understand what is in heaven, because what is already unlocked and forbidden in heaven, we have the delegated authority to lock and permit and allow on earth. The more we understand about heaven, the more we can replicate it on earth. So as it is in heaven, locked and unlocked, we can lock and unlock on earth. But... What we need first is what Peter had. And Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. It's no good knowing about Jesus. You can walk up the high street and ask 100 people, do you believe in God? And probably most of them will say yes. But a passive I believe in God is no good at all. You've got to have a relationship. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, this will be meaningless to you. So Peter had a revelation, the revelation that was given to him by who? The Father. So knowledge that we might read is not the same about Jesus as the revelation that we have from the Father. So those of you who are in this room who have surrendered your life to Christ have had a revelation of who Jesus is given to you by the Father. You've taken that supernatural step, if you like, by faith in saying, I don't just know about him, I'm actually taking a journey to know him in relationship. And this was the moment when Jesus declared the foundations of the kingdom. On this revelation, not on Peter, on this revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, I'm going to build my kingdom on earth. So he's building his kingdom on earth with those of us and throughout the world who have the knowledge of who Jesus really is because then we can begin to build the kingdom on earth. Jesus' authority is indisputable. And so we, as we carry and understand Jesus' authority and the delegated authority he's given to us, can actually begin to draw down from heaven on earth. It's fundamental that we know who Jesus is and what authority he carries. Why is it relevant then? Why is it relevant? Because keys carry authority. And so think about this. If you came in here, came into this room, and I was the only person in here, you wouldn't say to me, what are you doing in here? Because I've got the keys. These are my keys to every single uh, door in the church and across the other side. So I've got authority. I can come in here anytime I want if I need to, And I've got the keys to open any door I like and I can come in. These keys are absolutely no good sitting in my drawer at home. I need to bring them with me to let myself in. Now, if you're here for the first time, I'm not giving you my keys because you don't have any authority to come in here anytime you like. But it would be really strange if I only ever used this one. This is the front door key. If I only ever came into the lobby out there, 
I've got all these other keys, but I only ever came there and I never explored anything else that I've already got the key to. And we already have keys to the kingdom. We just don't associate them in our minds with the opening and the closing and the locking and permitting of things in our lives and in the lives of those around them. This is my car key. I wouldn't give this to you unless you had authority to drive my car. What authority do you need to drive my car? Well, first of all, you need my permission. Secondly, you need the laws and the precepts that guide that. The law says you must have passed your test. And it also says that uh, you need to be on my insurance. So if those things weren't in place, you do not have the authority to drive my car. And I cannot give you the key. This is the key to my house. You definitely can't have those <laughs> unless I give you authority, unless I give you permission and I say to you, these are the keys to my house. You can go into my house. You now have my authority. But if you never used them, and secondly, if I didn't tell you where I lived, <laughs> it's no good having keys and not using them. How many of you have got odd keys lying around at home in drawers and you can't even remember what they open or close? We, and, we're, and that is typical of our Christian life. That is a picture of our Christian life. We have keys and we don't know how to use them. Uh, Mark Twain said this, A person who won't read has no advantage over one who can't read. And you can liken that to this. It says, you know, we're no better off than unbelievers if we have access to a bunch of keys, but we don't know what they open or close. We just leave them lying on the side. As believers, we have a responsibility to find out what the keys do. And people who've got a revelation from the Father of who Jesus is. If you this morning, when we sung over and over, holy are you, Lord, holy is your name. If that lit up your spirit, you are in relationship with Christ. If you were sitting there thinking, oh, not again, you really haven't got a relationship with Jesus because that was an expression of our love to God. How many times do you tell somebody that you love, you love them? There's no limit, is there? And so it's a revelation of who Jesus is. And so <clears throat> we need that revelation. So what authority then did Jesus carry? Firstly, Jesus said this. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of heaven is a jurisdiction over which the influence of God has full authority. My kingdom is not of this world. Don't go looking for it in this world. You won't find it. You'll find lots of religion, but you won't find the kingdom in this world. He said, it's not of this world. It's a supernatural. It's invisible. You can't see it. But the majority of us in here that I recognise have already taken that step into the invisible kingdom because by faith you have accepted Christ. That's a step, a supernatural step of by faith into this. So it's no good looking at the world to look to find the kingdom of God. Where do you need to look to find the kingdom of God? Well, in the word of God because that's where we will find out about it. And if we try to use the reasoning of the world to find the kingdom of God, we'll never find it that way either. Because it's not of this world. It doesn't have the same laws. It doesn't have the same precepts. It has an opposite very often. In order to receive, you give. You know, often God's precepts are opposite to us. But actually, we need to understand that it is not of this world. Uh, Matthew 28 said this... Um, all authority, Jesus said, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So where does Jesus not rule? Nowhere. All authority in heaven, on earth. So essentially the kingdom of God and the rule of God and the jurisdiction of God is all of heaven and all of earth. And that is why he could say to Pilate, you have no authority over me. Because Jesus has all authority. No one has authority over Jesus. And that is why when he's, the disciples said, teach us to pray, one of the things he said was to pray, let my kingdom come, where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. And he said, pray this, replicate on earth what is already happening in heaven. Jesus came to restore a kingdom from heaven on earth under his authority. And he created us to administrate this kingdom, not form a religion. The fall of man was the loss of a kingdom. And the program of salvation is to restore kingdom government on earth. Why do we need a new government on earth? Why do we need a new government on earth? Because every government on earth is failing. Tell me one government in the world that is not either corrupt, that is either not self-centred, that is not either... uh, Tell me one government in the world that is actually for the people of that country, of that kingdom. There is not one government in this world that I can think of. And if you can think of one, come tell me afterwards. That is really that the kingdoms of this world are failing. We need a new kingdom on earth. And God wants to establish his kingdom on earth with his authority. So what does it mean to have authority then? So let's have a look and see what authority Jesus had because he has given us this authority. So authority means the power or the right to give orders, make decisions and enforce obedience. So how did Jesus demonstrate this then? In Mark 4, he commanded the wind and the waves, didn't he? So the disciples are in the boat, wind and the waves, they're frightened, they think they're going to drown. Jesus stands up in the boat and he says to the wind and the waves, stop. Now the wind and the waves didn't turn around to Jesus and say, who are you? The name of Jesus is undisputable authority even to the wind and the waves. All of heaven, all of earth. And the wind and the waves had no choice. The name of Jesus said, stop. They had to stop. Enforced obedience. When um, In Luke 8, when Jesus came across the Gadarene demoniac and he had a whole legion of demons in him and the demon said, send us into the pigs. Jesus made a decision. Okay, you can go into the pigs and off they went. They didn't say, well, who are you? Absolute enforced obedience. The name of Jesus is ultimate authority. And off they went. They had to go. Authority, all of heaven, all of earth. Um, John 11, when Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for four days and Jesus arrived and he was going to raise him from the dead. And he came to the tomb and he said, Lazarus, Lazarus come out. Why did he have to say his name? Everybody would have come out otherwise. (laughs) Ultimate authority. He wasn't calling them all back to life. He was only causing Lazarus. So he said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus didn't say, who are you? 
Lazarus got up. Life came back into him and out he came. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth over death, over everything. And so he spoke to Lazarus, enforced obedience. Even death could not say, who are you? It was Jesus' ultimate authority. Uh, So what else is authority then? Authority is this, official permission and sanction or authorisation. Jesus had authorisation over his material needs. Jesus said to Peter, go and cast your line in the sea and pull out a fish and open the mouth of the fish and in it will be a coin and then you can go and pay my, our taxes. And that's why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these other things, don't get caught up in what are you going to eat and what are you going to drink and what are you going to wear. Jesus said, I've got all those things under control. Seek first the kingdom of God. But what is it in this world that has taken over? We are absolutely obsessed about the way we look, more so in your generation than was in mine, because we were poorer after the war. But, you know, um, we are obsessed with fashion. We are obsessed with if you don't look like this, you're no good. You're not good enough. And we are obsessed with what we drink and we are obsessed with what we eat. But actually... All of us who are obsessed with those three things are what? In slavery, in captivity, because they are the things of the world. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not nice to go out and have a meal. I'm not saying it's not nice to wear nice clothes. I'm not saying any of that, but it's where you have them in your thinking. It's whether they are an obsession for you. If you don't think you're good enough because you don't look a certain way or you don't behave a certain way, it's nonsense. What has it done? It's caused you to come into slavery and captivity. It's not kingdom living. Jesus said, don't worry about those. You can have all those anyway. But I want you to be kingdom-minded. And we've made multi-million dollars uh, pounds, multi-million industries out of what we eat, what we drink, and what we wear. And Jesus said, well, I have authority over all your material needs, so you don't have to worry about it. What else is authority? It's the power to influence others, especially because of one's commanding manner or one's recognised knowledge about something. And in Matthew 7, we read that the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, this man teaches with authority. This man speaks with authority. Not as the scribes, it says. There was something about the way that Jesus spoke that was commanding. He didn't have to shout. You don't have to shout at the devil, by the way. He's not deaf. You have to command. You have to command. And Jesus' way of commanding was in the authority with which he spoke. And he said it wasn't as the scribes who were imposing a religion But Jesus was bringing in a kingdom. So why do we need to have authority then? Why is it relevant to us today? Well, the reason is, is because there's another kingdom operating on the earth. One that's ruled by an unemployed cherub, (laughs) parading as a king. And that's the kingdom of darkness. And that kingdom has a government too. 
Every kingdom has a government. Every kingdom has laws. Every kingdom has precepts. And it's our responsibility as believers to know what they are. And we know that the devil has a kingdom and we know that he rules in this world because he said to Jesus when he was tempting him, "If you, I'm going to take you up to this mountain and I'm going to show you all the kingdoms of the world and I'll give them to you. Well, he couldn't have given them to Jesus if he didn't have them in the first place. And the devil, the kingdoms of this world are owned by the devil and he has dominion over them. And that's why all of them, all of them will lead to captivity. All of them will lead to slavery. All of them will lead to bondage. The kingdoms of this world are not designed to set you free. They are designed to put you into bondage. The kingdom of God is designed to set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will? Absolutely. And so what we need to understand is that there are governments and kingdoms of this world and the devil offered this to Jesus. So we need to know how to fight. We need to know how to fight and to be in the kingdom of, dark, um, kingdom of light because the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against each other in the kingdom of God. We fight against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness that has set itself up in high places. And what does the Bible say? We need to bring down everything that has set itself up against the knowledge of God in order for us to see truth. There's a spiritual battle. How do we fight spiritual battles? There is a key that we're missing and it's on our knees. It's in prayer. Prayer is a key. We have a saying in this church that prayer is where the... But do we believe that? Do we really, really understand that things are locked and unlocked by prayer? Do we really understand? If we really understood that, why are we not seeing more evidence of it? Why are we so bound? Why are we struggling? Why are we struggling with mental health and sickness and, and all these other things and poverty and all these other things? Actually, we're not free. We don't really understand. And if we did, we'd have testimony every week, testimony after testimony after testimony about how we have unlocked and, and forbidden and permitted things in our lives and things on earth. We live on a planet. We live on planet Earth. But there are actually three governments. There is the government of the United Kingdom, if we live here. There is the government of God. And there is the kingdom of darkness, the government of the devil. And I want to ask you, which government do you live under? Which government? Who governs your life? Because this, the government of God is where? It's within you. And God doesn't want you to be ruled from the outside. The less internal government you have, the more external government you will need. Think about that. The less internal government you have, the less that you live by the laws and principles and precepts of the kingdom of God, the more external government you're going to need. When you're in trouble, which government do you go to? When you don't know how to sort something out, which government do you go to? Because the government of this world will ensnare you. The kingdom of God will set you free and provide for you. And if we, through devoting ourselves, that's what the Bible says, devote yourself, get more and more of the truth, 
Truth is a key. It locks and unlocks. And the more truth we have in our lives and the more we live by that, the less external government do we need. Now, I'm not saying we should break the law. We live on this planet and we live in this world. But we have so little of the kingdom government operating in our lives because we know so little of the truth. And we have to feed ourselves daily with the truth so that the kingdom of God can operate from within us. We need to be self-regulated by kingdom principles. And the only person who can lead us into all truth is who? The Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is to lead us into all truth. So if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to struggle to find truth. And we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's our kingdom mandate, and Satan stole it in the garden with Adam and Eve. And we need to bring that back. What else is authority? Uh, Authority is the right to act in a specific way, delegated from one person or organisation to another. Jesus has delegated his authority to us. He gave it to the disciples, didn't he? He sent them out in twos. And they came back and they said, even the demons obey us. And Jesus said, actually, I was watching. (laughs) He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And while the disciples were out there tackling the demons and the demons were fleeing with their delegated authority that Jesus had given them, Jesus was watching. He had his own spiritual CCTV and he was watching what they were doing and he gave them that authority to do that. And now Jesus is saying to Peter, I'm going to give you these keys so that you can allow and you can forbid what is in heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? So should we not forbid that on earth? Is there any poverty in heaven? Should we not forbid that on earth? Is there any lack in heaven? Should we forbid that on earth? We need to understand how what is in heaven. Is there any captivity and bondage in heaven? Is there any addictions in heaven? Is there any war and raging and violence and rape and murder in heaven? Why are we not making a difference on the earth then? Why is the church not making a difference on the earth if God has given us the authority to let your kingdom come, what is in heaven on earth? Jesus has ultimate authority, but he needs us. He needs the church to have that revelation that we can change things on the earth and with his authority. Jesus had authority over sickness Jesus had authority over people's anger and violence. You know, there was a time when they wanted to kill Jesus. They gathered around him. The the crowds were going to kill him. And what did Jesus do? He walked right through them and off he went. We're so busy arguing and trying to justify ourselves and get our own way in situations. Jesus said, "You, you carry on arguing. I'm off out of here. You know, I've come to realise more and more in my life as I get older that one of the principles I'm sure of the kingdom is less is more. The less you say, the more you achieve. Because when you speak truth into a situation, there's nothing else that you need to say. Jesus had authority over people's negative attitudes towards him. What did he do? He silenced them with the truth. Truth is a key. Speak truth into things. Speak life into things. The Bible says in Isaiah what God closes no man can open and what God opens no man can shut 
ultimate authority. We do not have to defend ourselves. We don't have to defend God. We just need to speak truth into things. You will know the truth and, you will set, and it will set you free. Jesus not only had authority over his own circumstances, he had authority over other people's. And we can as well. You remember the, people, the, the men who brought their friend to Jesus and they took the tiles off the roof and they let him down and he was healed. And Jesus said, it's not his faith, it's the friend's faith. We, through prayer, have a key to bring our friends, to bring our families to God and to unlock things that are holding them and binding them. Why? Because Jesus said it's not his will that any should perish. That's truth. That's a key. And we can bring people to God, our friends and our families, and saying, God, you said it's not your will anyone should perish. I want to unlock what's holding them, what's holding them back. Open their eyes. Give them a desire to know you. Prayer is a key. Prayer is a very powerful key. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You know, we ought to stop praying for parking spaces and really start praying for transformation on earth. We have to start praying for transformation in our own lives. Whether you come down here on a Wednesday, whether you do it in your own home, this is not a guilt trip, but prayer is a powerful key that God has given us to lock things up, to stop situations in our lives, to not permit things happening in our lives that are not allowed in heaven. We can bring those things down um, in, in our own lives. The kingdom of God is invisible. The kingdom of God is spiritual. And we have to start to really get to know what that means because we can't keep looking for it in the physical. We can see the demonstration of it, but it's our responsibility. God has given us the authority to rule the seen world from the unseen world, from the invisible world into the visible world. And we need to also recognise that in that God has given us dominion. He's given us the ability to rule. He has given us the ability to govern. He has given us the ability to manage, to lead, to subdue and to master. You cannot say, I can't help it. Because God has put that in us. And as believers, the Bible says, I'm just going to scoot on because time's gone. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Read that with me. Sin shall not have dominion over you. And we so often turn around and say, oh, I can't help it. My life's like this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The more truth, if you said that over and over and over to yourself, you'd start to believe it. Sin shall not have dominion over you. It will in the kingdom of the world and it will lead you to slavery and captivity. But in the kingdom of God, it leads you to freedom and it leads you to liberty because you are, sin is not your master. You are your master. You rule over sin. Why? Because the truth is a key. And I can come to God and say, sin shall not have dominion over me because it's a truth. And I'm using that key to unlock that truth into my life. You know, when God established Israel, his chosen people, and he brought them out of Egypt, he instilled principles and laws and commandments to them. And he said things like this to them. He said, don't forget them. He said, write them down, speak them to your children, put them on the doorpost of your home. Why? Because then every time you go in and out, you'll see it. 
He outlined blessings for obedience. He outlined choosing life over death. And he said he would be their God and they would be his people. But time and time again, the children of Israel ended up in slavery, ended up in captivity. Why? Because they didn't want to live by the principles of God and the precepts. God does not give us principles to live by in order to restrain us. He gives us principles to live by in order that we would know this abundant life that he's offering us, in order for us to walk in freedom. What is God saying here? He's saying that I'm giving you a way to change the world. Which government is ruling you? Because the kingdom of God and the government of God has to be paramount in the church if it's going to change anything. And boy, does this world need changing. Does our, na- our nation is a mess. Our government is a mess. It doesn't matter who you believe in or who you follow. They're all as bad as each other at the moment. It's a mess. What are we doing about it? Derek Prince wrote a book called um, Changing History by Prayer and Fasting. You know, we can change history if we use that key to get on our knees and to cry out to God and to allow... Is there chaos in heaven? So why is there chaos on earth? Why is there chaos in our nation? We have every right to say, God, I forbid this chaos. Bring down this chaos in our country. Bring order. Bring authority. Bring justice. Is there justice in heaven? Bring that on earth. Is there peace in heaven? Bring that to our nation. We need to, we have the authority to ask God to bring into our nation. If the church isn't going to do it, who is? Who is going to do it? We can change history. We can change our nation. We can change our family. We can change the world by bringing in, by understanding what happens in heaven and by commanding it into our situation on earth. You know, my prayer as a body of believers here is that we'll really understand the key. Before I leave this earth, I want to understand more about the kingdom of heaven. I want to see it operating in the earth. I want to see it changing lives. I want to see it change. Most of my family are unbelievers. I want to command into their lives. I want to be able to see things change. I want to see this nation change. I want order and justice and fairness and peace and equity and out of poverty. All those things in our nation. It's not impossible. Because Jesus has ultimate authority in heaven and on earth. 